Hello and welcome back to Mystical Sisterhood. This is your host, Maureen Spielman, and I'm here today with Misha Vayner. She's a certified trauma-informed holistic health and life coach for her company, Your Well Guide. She's here to discuss her life story and healing journey with us. About 10 years ago, Misha found herself at a rock bottom, and she went through to all the doctors and did all the things that she felt she needed to do in order to heal, yet remained stuck on emotional, spiritual, physical, and mental levels. And so when she discovered trauma healing, that was the beginning that began to unlock the true keys for living in full health and wellness. And she's turned her life story into her life purpose. So I hope you join us today for this riveting conversation. I enjoyed every second of it. So we'll see you in the episode. Hey there, welcome to Mystical Sisterhood. This is your host, Maureen Spielman. I started this show to highlight the intuitives, healers, and other courageous women that I've met along my journey and continue to meet. Through amazing interviews, I seek to ask insightful questions to uncover ways in which you, the listener, can apply the wisdom and knowledge to your own life. I believe that we're all in this together, so sharing healing and joy and bringing community together is both my passion and purpose. If you'd like to learn more about the Mystical Sisterhood community I'm building, please visit www.mysticalsisterhood.com. See you in the episode. Welcome back to Mystical Sisterhood. This is your host, Maureen Spielman. And today I am here with Misha Vayner. I'm really excited for this conversation. She and I met through a networking group. And Misha is a certified trauma-informed holistic health and life coach for her company, Your Well Guide, and she's a mother of three. And the reason, or one of the reasons I was taken with Misha's story and really wanted to have her on, have you on today, Misha, is because you're always very open with your journey with your health journey, which showed up for you in your body and body um, manifestations of things that were going underneath the surface for you. I always find you to be open, vulnerable, willing to share your story in order to help heal other people and um, support women through the practices you've discovered that are truly essential to our well-being. And so I'll just... um, Welcome you here saying that. So hello, thanks for being here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you're so welcome. Um, You know, when I think about your kind of backstory, I thought like, I'm going to just ask Misha right off the bat, you know, how did this all begin? And I know that you're going to start wherever you think you should start with that, because if we begin of when you started to become ill and see manifestations in your body of illness, you could start there or you could start further back or we can jump around. (laughs) So wherever, wherever you feel comfortable. Yeah. So I think what I'll do is I'll start with, um, where the awareness came to me and then I'll take it from there. Mm -hmm. Um, about 10 years ago, I found myself completely at rock bottom. I had a, uh, former career in fashion. And I had a retail concept store that I went into business with a partner and the short and the long of it is that, or the short of it is that my business partner, um, 
did some shady things that led to me getting a $5 million lawsuit, um, which was devastating to me. And this was very traumatic, not just from a you know, from a financial standpoint, but also from a betrayal standpoint, and also from a standpoint of um, this was a dream that I had worked towards since I was seven years old. And there was a, a whole bunch of other things tied up in this. But as I sort of was dealing with the trauma from that and the grief of like losing a business and something that you've created as I was dealing with the grief of closing a business, the devastation of the betrayal, the, um, you know, the, the financial hardship, all the things I also dealt with um, having a death in the family and a few other traumatic events. And at this point, I found myself completely like in despair. And I then got pregnant with um I first, first I then my husband, my at the now husband, but at the time my boyfriend proposed to me and I was like, I cannot like make any legal commitments at this point. And I also don't trust anyone. I don't trust myself. I don't trust anyone else. Um, like, no. And I was very much shaken by all of the things I was trying to like wrap my head around and figure out, um, it was also during the height of the recession. Businesses were closing. My sister was going through a divorce. My grandmother died. And I was just like I in overwhelm and overload. And then we got pregnant. And mm-hmm. after I, you know, I'm going to sort of fast track because there's so many pieces. But essentially, after I had my first child, um, I found myself completely at rock bottom. My, I couldn't walk. My brain shut down. I couldn't type because every single one of my joints was in so much pain that I actually couldn't type. I had to use a pencil. If I was like reading by the time I got to the end of a sentence, I forgot the beginning of the sentence. If someone would walk out of the room, I literally, and I'd watch them. I'd completely have no idea. Like where I was like, where did they go? I'd have this panic. I had night sweats. I had rectal bleeding. I had immense anxiety, chronic migraines, um, dandruff. My, my eyes were, co- were very like, they constantly were itching and dull. It was from big, like small things to big things. It felt like not one part of my body worked. Mm-hmm. And this entire, I got to this, oh, and I couldn't lose a single pound of weight. And I was stuck with all this postpartum weight. Now you're talking to someone who's always had a very fast metabolism. who's always prided herself on being very healthy. Um, has, you know, like, even if you looked at my bookshelf from a college, it was like how to breathe properly. And like, you know, doing gut cleanses. Like I'd always been very quote unquote healthy and um, worked out and ate well, but no matter what I did, I couldn't lose any weight. I was chronically feeling awful mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And I, after about a year and a half of just feeling like at this point, I was feeling lost, lost with my felt disconnected from myself, but lost in my career. I had now gotten married because of health insurance, basically, because I was now pregnant and I had Indian parents that were putting pressure. And I, and I was just in this spin of making decisions that I, like, I didn't even know what was right. And I felt very out of sync with 
my life. Like I didn't know who I was. Mm. I had gone back to work in fashion because I needed to get a paycheck to take care of my kid. Um, I was like um, feeling unfulfilled in my marriage, unfulfilled with myself and in so much pain. Finally, I was driving one day and I, I actually like couldn't, I remember being on the highway and I couldn't put my foot down on the brake because it hurt too bad. And I, at that same time, you can't make this up. I remember this is like graphic, but I remember also having blood come out of my butt and my vagina itching so badly and just feeling like a disgusting human that like felt like broken. Like I, mm-hmm. and I pulled mm-hmm. over to the side of the road and I was like, mm-hmm. I, I started, started bawling. Like I was like, what is happening? And I called my husband and I was like, I need to get to the bottom of whatever this is. And by the way, over the course of that past year that I had just gone through when I was, um, at this point, my daughter was nine months old. So I guess the, for the nine months prior, I had been searching, I'd been going to, um, you know, endocrinologists, I've been going to rheumatoid, um, rheumatologists, sports medicine doctors, um, gastrointestinal doctors. Like I had gone to everyone mm-hmm. and everything was like, everyone was telling me there was like nothing wrong with me that there was, you know, everything was coming back like fine all the time, you know, cat scans, bone scans, everything. Mm-hmm. And I was in a walking boot for a year, mind you, I had gone on my honeymoon in a walking boot I was crippled in pain for a year. So, I mean, there's so many details to it, but essentially at that point, when I called my husband, um, that was like the moment I'll never forget. And I was in this holistic, like birthing group that there was like an email listserv because I had um, a home birth and it was part of this community. And I knew that they would probably have some sort of resource. So I reached out, you know, asking for recommendations and I was led to a functional doctor who, um, you know, I went to and initially, you know, so what he first told me was like, essentially, I was extremely depleted from all of the stress, all of the trauma. Um, And, and by the way, he didn't completely break it down like this. But essentially, I was depleted from the stress and the trauma. And I was so, um, you know, I had because of that, I had malabsorption where my body wasn't able to absorb the nutrients I had, you know, leaky gut, um, which was also part of that. And, you know, my gut bacteria was all off. I, this was causing insane inflammation. My brain had shut down because Mm -hmm. my body, because it couldn't absorb the, um, the fat. Um, It wasn't my brain actually shut down from not having enough fat. I also was not eating enough fat because I was trying to lose weight. Mm -hmm. I was also adding stress to my body by trying to work out to lose the weight when my body was already in a deficit. Yeah. So all, all of these things. And then I had, um, you know, various metabolic disorders from high reverse T3 to insulin resistance, all things that, um, I never thought I would have. So we started by, you know, doing a complete, like, you know, uh, cleansing of my system and repopulating my gut bacteria and adding in tons of herbs and doing weekly IVs and all of these things to basically, restore the, you know, um, bioterrain of my body, so to speak, um, which, you know, was really remarkable because from that week to six weeks later, I, de- I lost about 20 pounds. Um, my, my hair was shinier. My eyes were brighter. My, my brain turned on. 
um, had no joint pain. Um, like it was just remarkable. However, about that six week point, it was definitely, I would say like a good, like 15% of my, that wasn't, you know, still needed work. And I found out that day that I was pregnant again. Mm-hmm. So now, um, and PS over that nine months before I had a miscarriage as well. So it was interesting anyway, over that, I was now working in fashion, um, doing, you know, when I learned this and I, at this point I was fascinated and P- to give context, this was about 2011, I think, or maybe it was 2012. And this was even before, I mean, paleo wasn't a thing. Yeah. Um, and I remember being fascinated by like the fact that I didn't know this and feeling like every woman needs to know this because how is it that I've been torturing myself and working out more? Like, I couldn't believe even the things that he was telling me that like, I needed to stop working out. And all of a sudden the weight, you know, came off. Mm-hmm. So I first was like, I need to understand everything that's happening in my body because also functional medicine is expensive. And I was like, I want to, and I wanted to also be empowered. I kept going to other people and I'd spent a year and a half asking other people things. And I was like, I want to know so that I have the tools and I feel empowered to like figure out what I need to support my body. So while I was, um, you know, working and had this little one and now was pregnant, I went to school at IIN Institute of Integrative Nutrition. And over the course of, you know, basically that next two years, I had now had Got, I had basically had three kids in three and a half years. And it was very much a three steps forward, two step back process because of, you know, the fact that I was having all these children and still working. And I kept every time I would heal a little bit, I would get diagnosed with another stress related issue. And mm-hmm. I, my, I was going to a Buddhist meditation center. I was doing yoga. I was, I mean, I was reading like, you know, I was doing all the things quote unquote, And I kept feeling that I was stuck and I was, even though there, I was stuck in a certain level of my ability to move forward in my physical health, my mental and emotional and spiritual health were stuck at a level. And I was also deeply unfulfilled and not really feeling in sync with my, my, my purpose, my, my, my desires in my marriage. Like there was this, there was this stuckness. And finally, I I just, I kept feeling frustrated. And after I kept, after maybe, I don't know, the sixth time they diagnosed me after like kicking and screaming and being like, I'm, you know, I'm not stressed. I'm not stressed. I finally was like, maybe there's something to look Mm -hmm. at here. And maybe Mm -hmm. I need to look at like, what is causing the stress? So then I started to like, get curious and I started to observe um, my thoughts. And I definitely did have this part of me that was like, there's no way a working mom of three cannot be stressed. Like, what are they, you know what I mean? Like, like, why am I even doing it? But okay. I was also part of me determined to like figure this out. Cause I was like, I can't live like this. So I started to get curious and I started to started to observe my thoughts in myself. And this is when I started to realize that like, Oh my God, it's not that I had too many carpools. It's stressing me out. What it is, is when I'm, realizing that I have, for example, the carpool, it's my, that carpool itself is neutral, but it's my experience that I'm bringing to it. I'm 
stressing out that I told too many people I'd give their kids a ride home mm-hmm. and I couldn't. I didn't have the time for it. I'm worried about like the way I look. I feel like I don't have enough time for blah, blah, blah. I didn't manage my, my expectation. Like all I'm ripping myself apart about being like a bad mom and not having things in a certain way. Right. It was my perfectionism. It was my people pleasing. It was my can over controlling. It was my, um, my lack of self-trust. It was all of these parts of myself. It was my mind and my, my, my disconnection from myself that was causing the trauma, which was, which was, sorry, which was causing the stress in my body, which was causing all of these physical ailments. And so now I thought to myself, oh my God, like I'm sitting here taking 70 million supplements Mm -hmm. and doing all these things to try to heal my body but I'm only ever able to get so far because that's like painting the leaf of the green, the the brown leaf green. It's actually not fixing the root of the problem, which is the fact that I'm going to continue to be in this stress response, painting the leaves. If I won't actually heal my relationship Mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. So that's when I discovered trauma healing because I, I didn't know where the, what I knew because I was so self-aware and I'd done so much like exploration on personal development, I was able to recognize this isn't my true self that much. I knew. And then I said to myself, this is my disconnect from myself. And if I'm disconnected from myself, this is definitely causing misalignment in my body because my mind and my body are doing two different things. And there's obviously this is causing the anarchy within but I didn't know for sure from a scientific standpoint that this was true, but my intuition was telling me, I just knew. So I followed this and started to, you know, I started working with the therapist and started to ex- understand more about what trauma healing was. And what I learned eventually was that like trauma is our disconnect from our sense of self. That's exactly what it is. Essentially, um, we come into this world fully expressed, you know, fully connected to our truth, um, fully, you know, um, whole. And over the first seven years of our life, we're actually in a hypnotic state where all the messaging that we receive from our caregivers and from the world essentially is the messaging that we take on and what we start to absorb as our own beliefs. Um, we often, there's also certain ways of which Um, our needs need to be met by our caregivers. And if those needs are either not met or violated, that can cause trauma. And essentially what happens is throughout our childhood and throughout our lives, when we're receiving certain messages that are um, even well-intentioned messages, and I'll give some examples there that are basically disconnect us from ourselves. So here's an example. I'll actually just break it down instead of speaking so like loosely. If for example, as in childhood, we're told like from a well-intentioned place, we're being messy, we're playing with paint, we're being like our happy, joyful selves. And we're constantly, don't make a mess, clean up. Like you're making it, like we start, we start to feel we're getting shamed for it. We're getting yelled at for it. Um, we, We start to feel this shame around being messy. And so then we start to realize, okay, let me cut that part off of myself. This is like an exile. We cut that part off of ourself and say, there's too much shame around that. And this is my caregiver. This is the person that I get need love, safety and belonging and acceptance from. This is a person that's giving me food and shelter. I need to, I need to do what's going to help me 
attached to them. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to cut that part off of myself and I'm going to become, for example, a perfectionist. I develop a coping mechanism, a self-protection pattern that helps me like, if you know, feel safe because I feel safer and I cut that part of myself. And this is essentially also then keeping us safe in the situation, but we're abandoning ourselves and we're causing a disconnect. And then it causes this pattern, pattern, which causes also a chronic stress response within our bodies, which then has this ripple. So all of these parts of ourselves that we cut off, well-intentioned or not, where we receive these messages that create shame and then we we cut that part off. We have all these fragmented parts of ourselves, which are essentially causing us one to be in these behavior patterns that are self-sabotaging behavior patterns, also causing a chronic stress response. Also, what are the foundation of what is causing the gut issues and the physical health issues and the, the mental, emotional, all of these issues we're experiencing. And when I realized that, I was just like floored because I realized that the root of our healing is our connection with ourself. And I, I found that to be actually what I, what I also realized was that it's so much easier than we let it be because when we allow ourselves to do the inner healing and come home to ourselves and let the rest ripple out, because if we're healing our relationship with ourselves, and that's releasing the stress, our hormones are imbalanced, our metabolism is balanced, our, we're naturally have energy, we're naturally going to sleep as the sun goes down, we're naturally craving whole foods. It's a natural effect from that place. We don't have to constantly be, you know, searching externally for answers yeah. and trying the different diets and all the things. Mm-hmm. We can just be in this place of self-trust and knowing our bodies and listening to their wisdom and letting them guide us. And so really, I know this is like the longest wind answer, but like really by, you know, it started from that moment. And then I kind of, as I went deeper into my, as I started to understand it was trauma healing, I went really deep into going back into my healing journey Mm -hmm. and um, healing each and every part of myself. And now, yeah. And so that's kind of like, where it started. (laughs) And so it's a really amazing story, Misha. Thank you so much for all of that. And I can, I can hear from just the cat, the cascade of things that were happening in your life and all on the outer, you know, even when you became pregnant and then became not well, and then you pulled in all the specialists that they were going to have the answer and they're going to, this one's going to have the answer. And that's what we're searching for. Cause that's also what we're trained to search for that someone else has the answer. Mm-hmm. And I think it's beautiful the way that it unfolded for you, because despite having to go through all those painful times, it led you even, it seems with the training you chose for yourself at IIN, again, we're going to learn these outer things that, that it led you to, well, wait a minute wait a minute, what's underneath, what's inside me, maybe the answers are within me. And it's, and then that leads you to be able to embody it. And yeah, so what have been, thanks for sharing everything. First of all, Um, I wonder for you, when you started to then relate to yourself in a different way and ask yourself the questions that what, what's, you know, what ways did I show up in my survival self? And 
and what is emerging beneath me? Were there favorite ways of yours that helped you uncover the trauma within or the, the, like the experiences that needed to be reparented those parts of you? What, like what, what was really um, integral to your healing? Yeah. So, you know, I think, so just I'll, I'll start simply and then I'll, so I initially, I feel like I started with like, I was dealing with like such massive things at the moment. So I dealt with like present day at the moment where I was just like, how do I get out of this place and start to, I I think the the biggest thing was initially was like, um, starting to build self and body awareness so that I could start to identify um, what was coming up and then how to meet myself there. But I think the really beautiful thing that I've realized, and I'll go back to specifically what that looks like and how to do it, if that's helpful to the listeners. But um, what I think is really, really, really fascinating and really cool about trauma healing is that once you understand it and you start to apply it, it's like this insane compounding effect because you, you know, while the wins I experienced year after year have been exponential, even today, like now it's like when the, because, because I have this level of awareness, I'm able to continuously heal and expand into versions of myself that you know, it's almost like becoming a superhero. And I know it sounds crazy, but it's actually true. And it's built, it's helped me see this awareness that we all are really like these little superheroes running around. And so what was really helpful to me was like knowing firstly that like all the parts of ourselves, even the wounded parts of ourselves, like get to uh, are, are welcome here and at the table and like first meeting them with like love and compassion and not shame and building Mm. the awareness to have an observer voice, our observer sort of hat on, so to speak, and being able to, when those parts of ourself come up, sort of like acknowledging and seeing them and then starting to get curious around, okay, first, what it, what physical sensations are happening in my body when I'm, when I'm activated, when this trigger Mm -hmm. comes up and because even just that awareness is 50% of the healing. And when you have that awareness, you're able to associate it with like, Oh, this, this thing that's happening. It's actually not about this person and what they said. This is my own thing. Cause I know this feeling and Mm -hmm. I've been here before. So let me actually pause and not react. And like, like you were saying, reparent myself and then come back to this person later. But if you don't have that awareness, you can be in a, a, you can um, respond to life and situations from a trauma response, which is going to put you back in that cycle. So awareness Mm -hmm. is the first piece, body awareness. And then from there, recognizing what feelings and sensations come up um, during that time of that trigger, like specifically what feelings um, like for, I'll give an example for me, Um, you know, that I think maybe a lot of people can relate to, um, you know, I have like for a long time, I had like a girlfriend sisterhood wound because I guess during childhood, there were certain circumstances where I'd be a part of the group and then I'd like be kicked out of the group or like whatever. And so as I grew up, I like started to like, not like being in groups and, you know, and so 
I started to notice that like, if, you know, in fact, I started to notice that I would get this like level of discomfort in my body if there was a group. And um, I started to notice even like with my parenting that like my daughter one time, I noticed that like a bunch of her friends were dressed up as something for Halloween and I knew she was coming and I knew she wasn't invited to dress up as that. And I had this insane response in my body, like on behalf of my daughter for not being included. And I, I, it was taking over and I knew this is your own thing. Cause when my daughter came, she literally didn't care. She was like fine in her other costume, but having that awareness, if I didn't have that awareness, there might've been a part of me that like, who knows, might've been like, Hey, like, why wasn't so-and-so invited Mm -hmm. to, I I might've responded, but knowing that this isn't about them, this is about my own thing. So noticing that. And then, um, which feelings come up for me, like for me, it's like shame or whatever. And then after that, at meeting yourself and asking yourself, what, um, what do I need to do to meet that part of myself? And as you said, reparent and, and heal that part. So, you know, repair is what repair and reparenting is what heals a trauma response. Because if you think about a child, that's like, really upset. If the kid was just sitting there crying and no one, if you go over to the kid and you hug them and you meet them with resonance and you tell them, it's okay. I hear you. It's okay. I love you're still loved. You're still cared for. Um, I'm sorry that happened. That mm-hmm. stinks. They start to, their stress response, they, their body relaxes, yes. feel mm-hmm. seen. They get that mm-hmm. resonance and they're able to complete the stress response. But if they don't have that, there, it, 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 you know, there's this hypervigilance, there's this energy, there's a stress that maintains in the body and that stays in the body and stress response can't be completed and it develops into trauma. So as an adult, when we feel a stress response, we feel a trauma response, it's important that we complete it. And when it's rooted in something that happened from childhood, which it typically always has sort of root, when we can ask ourselves, like, where, what is, where is this coming from? Like, for Mm -hmm. example, in that case with the friend, you know, with me feeling that way, it might be how, how do I meet this part of myself? It might be like, I need to call one of my best friends and have them remind me that I'm like loved and seen. It might be that I need to just cry to my mom and be hugged. It might mean that I need to go for a run and move my body. It might be that I want to like, sometimes I literally have to like get under my like gravity blanket and be really tight. Like I'm in the womb. Like mm-hmm. there's, you know, sometimes, you know, there, there's various different things that sometimes you want to take a bath sometimes, whatever there's, you know, very all different things that you could box breathing. But the point is, is really recognizing what part of yourself um, is needing to be seen and witnessed and loved and su- in that moment. And then when you can meet yourself there, and do that, if I could call a friend or, and have that person be like, remind me of my worth and tell mm-hmm. me that they love me. And I, I get that. Like, Oh yeah. I mm-hmm. feel seen it. Mm-hmm. completes it. And then what happens is I now have new evidence in my body. My body is now like, Oh, like you are seen and loved you, you, you aren't, you know, you aren't like uh, sort of exiled by, by women, whatever it is you do, you do have that. And then it starts to create spaciousness in my body. And I have more and more capacity, more energy, Mm. and I'm releasing that stress response and little by little. So I think understanding that, that practice, um, of, you know, this four steps of building, uh, awareness, self and body awareness, recognizing the feelings, 
asking yourself what needs you need to be needs what needs to be met for your inner child and then actually executing on that um which because sometimes you might be somewhere and you can't do it but knowing okay when I get home if I'm like at the grocery store and I get home I'm gonna do something for myself that is that's been really transformational for me and and I can you know it's important to note that it can take place over you know, an extended period of time. Sometimes you, when you're in like um, a fond trauma response of people pleasing, it often takes place. Sometimes it takes place for like weeks where you're noticing that, you know, you did something and it's still within you. It's, it, it's fawning will stay with you from the moment, you know, you've been aware of it till you actually exit it. Even if the conversation was like one conversation one day mm-hmm. until you actually recognize what's happening in your body and meet, yeah. meet it. So I, yeah. And the, that's a beautiful four-step kind of awareness to implementing new ways within yourself. When you were talking about the experiences you had as a young girl, young woman with women That's interesting to me because the ways that we perceive things and the things that we take on based on how we were raised or what we were exposed to, like through institutions, let's say, um, they keep us so disconnected. And then that to me is speaking to that disconnection. And it's no wonder that we develop that disconnection within. And then, so what I'm hearing is part of your, you like re-being with yourself in a new way, re-meeting yourself giving yourself compassion and understanding is that you're building the connection. And then you said that word spaciousness and expansion. And, and that's what connection feels like because it's an energy and the energy of disconnection. I'm just thinking out loud, but it's, it's not surprising either that if we're feeling so much disconnection from our true authentic self, our body is going to possibly malfunction on us or, you know, yeah. A hundred percent. We, we, we definitely, I think you're absolutely right. I think that's also why in the pandemic, I feel like it's got so much worse. There was so much more disconnection. And I think, um, you know, we are one, we actually all are one, we're all energy, we're all connected. And it's this, you know, for better or for worse, like modern day life has really separated us and disconnected us. And especially, you know, now after the pandemic, and I think the more that we can connect, the biggest thing that will help build connection with others is vulnerability and that, and I, and then being able to, and I think that that's one of the Mm -hmm. things that the more I would love for it to see more and more people just get comfortable you know, being their authentic self. And I think that the Mm -hmm. more that people are doing that, that helps build connection and trust. Um, I do too. You're absolutely right. It Mm -hmm. it is how we've been as women in particular, we've been sort of in a culture where, you know, if someone uh, looks so, you know, takes up space or is really like confident, they're too like big for their britches and they, you need to knock them down. And I think really being able to celebrate each other and also hold each other in our, in our stuff is really important. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I like the way you were saying too, about the parts of us, because it's so important that, even if we see, we, we catch ourselves in a pattern ourselves of judging something or someone it's like, well, take that part of you and, and, and give it a hug. (laughs) It's there for a reason. It developed for a reason. And it kept us 
are that that beautiful light inside of us safe in some way, but it's not serving us anymore. But just to, I think you said something about the table, but welcome it at the table with the perfectionist and the and the overdoer and the people pleaser and the the lazy one or like all yeah. these things that we started, you know, being that we're never truly ourselves. So totally. welcome them. Yeah. Yes. I mm-hmm. think, um, was it Oprah? I want to say it was Oprah <laughs> said, or maybe it was someone else, but I think it was her that said like the way she, you know, if she has, it's like, as if they're all at a dinner table at the dinner, you know, everyone's at a dinner table, mm-hmm. but she, you're not going to put, they can all be at the table, but they're not at the head of the table. So like mm-hmm. you can, the way that I like, you know, so it's kind of like, you're not going to, I guess the way that I like to see it is like, if I'm driving, I'm not going to let them drive the car. They can be in my car, but I'll let them. I know my true self will still drive, but I can like stay in the back seat. Yeah. So, yes. This yesterday morning, I had no desire to go to the gym in any stretch of my match. I was just like, <laughs> I'm not in the mood, but I knew that my highest self would be happiest. My future self would be happiest. If I went, I knew that it was for my highest good. I knew that I'd made a commitment to myself. I knew that I was absolutely capable, that it was just my like nonsense getting in the way. And so I heard my mind telling me everything. And I was like, you can be there. It's okay. But like, I'm not going to listen to you. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep going. And I think that it's to your point, like they can be there. You don't have to get mad at them, but just don't let them drive your car or mm-hmm. sit ahead of the mm-hmm. And they used to, and, and, the, and until they didn't work anymore. Right. And, I, and I do believe that I know that when I sat in my conscious parenting training with Dr. Shafali, she would talk about most of the women who went to do their training were in their forties and fifties because mm-hmm. just we're starting to wake up and we're starting to pay attention. Like something is misaligned within me. Mm-hmm. And she'll say, sometimes someone pops up in their twenties and she's like, wow. But I think that like you're saying, the more conversations we're having like this, the, the vulnerability where we feel safe, mm-hmm. um, it creates more safety and the work that we do within ourselves it's creating the safety within our own relationships, but then it's also giving the other permission to come into that safe realm. And if we can, I don't know if I'm saying that well, but I just feel like this is the call now and let's, let's share, let's, let's be together. Let's teach each other. Let's learn from each other. Let's be in community, whatever. It's just have the wide open, big conversations. Yes. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. Cause if, if one person, if, if you're closed off, if one person's closed off, you actually can't connect if you're so in that Mm -hmm. actually just to your point that then doesn't allow for healing connection is healing both within Mm -hmm. and with others. And so the more that we can all like let our guards down and be to your point, like if we're being similar to what you were saying about the parts of ourselves and being accepting of them and letting them at the table for ourselves, doing that with other people as well. Mm-hmm. Like every, we all have our own wounds. And if we see it come up with somebody else or someone else does something even unintentionally or intentionally harmful to us, being able to see it instead of, um, you know, see it from a place of them potentially working through their own stuff, them not being, you know, being compassionate. And mm-hmm. from that place, you can actually have an honest conversation and talk about it. And in fact, I've had some really powerful and healing, deeply healing conversations with people that, you know, we've had mis, you know, 
unintentionally hurt each other's feelings and been able to both show up with open minds and open hearts and heal it. And, and, and it was, and from having those discussions, our own healing just was so dra- so dramatically expansive because it's like, Oh my God, I can say my truth in this situation and yeah. not, and, and be heard. And, you know, I think that that is how the, the big healing will happen. So mm-hmm. more that people can, and, but you do, you do have to be a certain level of self-aware and regulated in order to be in those conversations. Yeah. So allowing yourself, so really doing this work is such a, um, is a co- courageous commitment. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you said something earlier, I don't remember exactly what, but this idea that it's for all of us, um, that we're, um, some, t- some people might project onto you. Oh, this is so before hearing your story. Oh, gosh, look at Misha. She's out there. She can show up, you know, with friends, with her clients on social media, with her family. So exuberantly, but just to know when we witness that we're, we're, all, we're all doing the work. I mean, and we take those little steps to prove to ourselves that we're safe. Like we are internally safe. I've done many things as I've built my business. I mean, I'll tell you two years ago when I started an Instagram, I didn't, that was not safe for me. I didn't feel, and it's still not my place, but as I am with myself and I keep on coming back to myself, like we're talking about this, this inner dialogue, like you're okay, you're safe. Your voice is worthy. People, people might want to hear it. You know, you start with those baby steps and then you prove out to yourself like, oh, gee, the thing that I was scared of or fearful of, oh, (laughs) maybe it's not true. And it's all that resistance we carry inside, but the willingness, it just begins, like you're saying with the willingness to connect to yourself and start to be so gentle and compassionate and be in a new way. It all just is exponential. And then you're like, well, maybe I can, or maybe, maybe if she can, I can. And I think forever, I would hear people who were doing things say, I'm just like you. And I, and I would maybe project onto them. No, that's not true. They, they're more outgoing or they, this, or they, that, but now I've proven to myself, oh, that I know what they were saying now. And that's what we're here for each other too. Whatever it is that someone is seeking to heal or bring alive out into the world, we're here for them. You're here for them. You know, it's like, I want, I want to do this work with you. Yes. Oh my God. You said so many things I wanted to touch on. One was like about the part of like starting with a small little thing and then it getting easier and easier. And I think that that's, that is essentially trauma healing because you're stretching into these growth. So you really, by having awareness of where it's uncomfortable, but knowing that it's for you and knowing that that's your truth and stepping into that growth edge and doing it a little bit by little, by being like loving to yourself is you getting closer and closer to healing that wound and expanding. And it is, um, it is really, really powerful and courageous, but it is possible if you just start small and it all starts with you noticing, like, I want that thing, but I hear these stories in my head and knowing that like these stories are not my truth. This is, and so I'm going to 
I'm going to choose this one and I'm going to do it really carefully. (laughs) And then that builds evidence in our body. When we do it that one time you do the live on Instagram or you post the story and like, you don't actually die. Nothing bad (laughs) happens. And your body's like, body's like, okay. And create a new pattern that I can do this again. And you again and again. So that's so cool. And then the other thing that you were saying um, about people reflecting back to you, you know, you seeing like, Oh, I want that. I want that. Like, I think that's so important to hear because it's so easy for us to like see things and then go into shame spirals of like jealousy and feeling like we don't have it or we're not good enough. And, but by seeing other people live things out that spark something inside of you, actually looking at it as like, what is, what is the, it, what desire of my own is that revealing to me? Because now I get to like thank that person and now I can figure out how I can call that in too. It's just trying to show you. And also having compassion for the part of yourself that does feel like a little brat, like, cause she's okay too. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, Cause she's human. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's such a good tie in together. I want to ask you a question before we go towards the end of our interview. I know that there are so many people and you don't have to be a mother with young children to feel exhausted. And I think exhaustion is um, something that's pervasive in our culture. Life is busy. You know, a lot of people are working outside of the home, taking care of children. Even if you're, if you don't have kids, there can be a tendency to be doing a lot, but with the work that you do, how I don't think it takes a lot of time to rejuvenate ourselves to mm-hmm. to almost like replenish and nourish in order to meet the next day or to almost like I'm, I'm going to suggest like feel less exhausted. Mm-hmm. And have you found that it is in these personal practices of maybe maybe you don't even need a ton of time, but by coming to yourself, like, can you say a little bit about that or how you view that and how that can help the exhausted listener, or if they have someone exhausted in their lives, because people tend to think that this takes a lot of time. Yeah, no. So I think the productivity wound and like that, um, needing to hustle and overdo it and go, go, go is like, so, so, so deeply ingrained in us in like modern America, for sure, in a patriarchal society and like, where we've literally been conditioned to have to produce and work and constantly go and have these crazy, um, you know, um, standards of which to work. I mean, there are other countries, they take siestas and they like, you know, they're just much different environments. It's really intense here. And so um, it's, it's and a, a lot of obviously like immigrants that have moved here. And so then their kids grow up feeling like they need to like work, work, work. And I'm one of them. And so it really draws this connection around uh, productivity and worthiness. And there becomes this lack of safety in our body. If we feel like we need to like rest or throw our feet up or, or, um, you know, watch TV for a little bit. Like I remember at one point I used to like, when I started even working for myself, asking my husband, like, is it okay if I watch TV a little bit? Like, I felt like I needed permission, <laughs> like, and, and, and I'd feel so dysregulated and guilty afterwards. It's really, and so first I just want to normalize the fact that if you feel that it's so, so common. And also from that first, I want to just address that, like, if you feel that 
healing that wound will be the most um, time-saving and productive and transformational thing that you can do for yourself. And what I would recommend in that way is to like literally start small by allowing yourself to like, like if you feel guilty, here's an example. One of my friends was telling me she felt felt guilty, like going to get her, she works for somebody else going to get her nails done during her lunch break um, one week or whatever. And I said to her, I was like, you have to look at like the fact of you getting your nails done during your lunch break as part of your work, because by you doing that, you're able to feel better about yourself and show up differently for work. And it feels uncomfortable, but like do it. And again, like we were talking about creating that evidence and realize everything's still functioning. Everything's fine. And so do start small, like by allowing yourself like a small thing, like a 15 minute, like walk around 10 minute, walk around the block, whatever, when you feel like you Mm -hmm. should, Mm -hmm. and really try to breathe the parts of yourself are going to come. I need to run back. I need to get to my computer, breathe, remind your body. I am safe. Everything's going to be okay recognize Mm -hmm. that part of yourself that's coming up and continue to, like we were saying, stretch into that edge of taking that 10 minute walk, even when it feels uncomfortable. And over time, it'll get easier and you'll start to actually have more energy and capacity to give to your work or to your kids or to your life that will actually offset all of the energy you're draining for trying to overwork, but you're actually not properly fueled and regulated. And then the, so it's really, and then the other thing is, so it really, why my point there is that it benefits you and it benefits the whole ecosystem of whoever you're working for or with or whatever, by doing that, it's actually adding to your, you know, and then the other thing is, you know, little things I would say, um, I, I really like to do this thing called, um, energy buffers, which is if you're going from like work to home, um, you know, whenever we're say like in a workplace or even if you're, if you're a stay at home mom, or if you're wherever you are, that if you're out in the world or connecting with people, you're absorbing energy all day from inputs, things you're reading, things you're seeing, um, other people. And even just if there's fast pace, your, your body is absorbing it. And, if we don't like pause periodic by pausing periodically throughout the day in between when we're shifting, say from work to home um, and just taking like a two minute, like hand on heart, hand on belly, taking a few breaths or doing a little bit of a shake or doing some box breathing, doing a two minute insight timer meditation, drinking some water, but really just like literally consciously releasing everything you've taken on from like an excess yeah. of the day yeah. and then walking into your house with the fresh energy and taking mm-hmm. the energy mm-hmm. or then going into the grocery store. Then what happens is by the end of the day, you feel less exhausted and less burnt out yeah. because typically there's a culmination and buildup of, you know, you come home from work, you haven't released and you're exhausted. And then your husband says something to you and you haven't like come back into yourself and you're built up, you're filled up with all stuff. And then you snap at him and you snap and you're, you haven't, you know, but if you just take a minute and you kind of like refuel throughout the day, mm-hmm. you'll feel a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And I feel like I was just thinking, you know, if, if I feel exhausted, just take it as a cue. You need to connect to yourself, period, yes. period. You don't need any more evidence than that. If you feel yeah. exhausted, that's not. And something you said, it could be a whole podcast, but just how often when I was a young girl or a teen, if I wanted to take time for myself, 
or or if I wanted to do something that was authentically me, I felt like I had to feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. Or like, like I was thinking about your friend who wanted the manicure. It's like on some level, we feel like if, if I'm saying like, I feel bad about it, that is shame. That is right. Mm-hmm. And so that's a whole nother thing, but just, um, I loved our conversation today. There's just so much light shed on so many areas of healing. So thank you for sharing your story. Where can our listeners find your work and how do you work with people? Yeah. Thank you. I so enjoyed it as well. Um, so um, best place to find me is on Instagram at Misha Vayner. I also obviously I have a website, MishaVayner.com. I'm basically Misha Vayner in all the places. Um, and I do coaching and um, events and workshops. But the biggest thing is my Glow and Flow Mastermind is the best and most comprehensive and cost-effective way to work with me. And the doors are open right now, actually. Um, And it's a six-month experience where I basically take you from like disconnected and mind, body, soul, and life in any part of, you know, the spectrum to completely feeling aligned, rejuvenated, deeply connected to yourself and living a life in flow to your body's natural rhythms and your authentic truth. Beautiful. Um, it's mm-hmm. deeply transformational. Um, the women that have come through, I mean, have like gone from like fully, fully like, you know, deaths and families, husbands going blind, losing careers, going through divorces, like really, really, really stressed out, broken down to like completely starting afresh in ways that they stepping into part versions of themselves. They never knew possible. What a gift. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Good to know. Okay. So thank you. And thanks to the listeners for being here. And as always share with a friend, if you think someone who could benefit, but thanks Misha. Thank you you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of mystical sisterhood. If you love what you heard, please visit Apple podcasts and subscribe and leave a review and share with a friend. If you're called to do so to learn more about my one-on-one coaching programs, or join the Mystical Sisterhood membership, visit MaureenSpielman.com or MysticalSisterhood.com. Thanks so much. I'll see you in the next episode.